Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This matters. It matters a lot, actually. It's an example of a grotesque smear campaign. It's not just aimed at silencing this particular target. It's aimed at silencing anyone who speaks out about Israel's massacre of Gaza. And that, of course, includes you. The aim is that anyone who looks at the unspeakable horrors being committed against Palestinians will end up thinking, I want to speak out, but I'm too scared. I'll pay a price, so I'll keep my head down and I'll say nothing. Now, the target of this specific smear campaign in this particular case we're talking about is Gary Lineker, perhaps Britain's most beloved sports personality. Now, as I've said before, Lineker is not some firebrand lefty, despite the way some of his critics portray him. He's basically a kind of decent-hearted liberal. He doesn't like human suffering, as far as I can tell. I know, what a crazy extremist, right? Now, he's not actually said a huge amount about the mass slaughter of Gaza, but that's a lot more than many who've got a public platform and therefore he deserves credit. I mean, he's spoken out before against Russia's invasion of Ukraine and there was no controversy there at all. But saying anything about the war crimes which are being committed in Gaza, that's another matter altogether. Now, in the latest phase of this smear campaign, the Daily Telegraph, the right-wing newspaper, in-house journal of the Conservatives essentially, published an article entitled Jewish BBC staff file complaints about Lineker's social media messages. The subheading is workers also said to have raised anti-Semitism concerns that have met with indifference or a shrug by management. Hold on a minute. You can see what they've done there, can't you? You see, there's nothing, zero, that Lineker has said or done that has anything to do with anti-Semitism. What the subheading clearly does is put Lineker and anti-Semitism in the same written space with the weasel word also for plausible deniability that it's talking about two separate things. If so, why put them in the same article? Indeed, the article begins by saying, Jewish BBC staff have lodged formal complaints about anti-Semitism and Gary Lineker's social media use, sources have said. There it is again, dripping with innuendo by placing Gary Lineker and anti-Semitism in the same sentence. Now, what is the core of the alleged complaints here? It's that he shared a video clip of me interviewing Raz Sigal, an Israeli-American associate professor of genocide and Holocaust studies, in which he argues that Israel's onslaught amounts to genocide because of intent and conduct. It's a scholarly argument, which he goes into great depth to explain, which is presumably why Gary Lineker, having looked at a hugely scholarly explanation by a expert in genocide and Holocaust studies, quote-tweeted it with, 13 minute, worth 13 minutes of anyone's time. Now, at the time, this caused a massive fury. It was a few weeks ago, and Lineker has since said in an interview that he's received threats since. Now, I thought there was supposed to be a consensus here, that we are supposed to separate, say, British Jews and the state of Israel. Now, for example, those who try to hold Jewish people responsible for the crimes being committed by Israel are being anti-Semitic, unquestionably so. 
There was a few years ago, you may remember, a big hoo-ha about the definition of anti-Semitism, which was adopted by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, or IRA. Now, the definition itself was fine. It was criticised by some Jewish activists as not being particularly in-depth or, 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 or kind of helpful in, in, in terms of going into the complexities of anti-Semitism, but it itself had a, a list of examples, and the examples were generally fine as well. But there are a couple of examples which were rightly criticised by having a chilling effect on criticising Israel, which alas has proven to be the case. I mean, most of the other examples are actually very, very important. You know, um, an example given, for example, which we all should agree is correct, was holding Jews collectively responsible for the actions of the state of Israel. So it gives that as an example of anti-Semitism, which I agree with. It's an important example. So it showed some of those examples are actually really quite crucial when talking about anti-Semitism. So according to this definition, adopted by governments, multiple institutions, we are supposed to demarcate between Jewish people and the state of Israel and specifically not hold Jewish people accountable for the actions of the state of Israel. Well, that's very important, actually, and someone who doesn't abide by that, as I say, is engaging in anti-Semitism, and they should be condemned as such. So why do we have an article here about Jewish members of staff at the BBC apparently feeling aggrieved at Gary Lineker for sharing a video interview with an Israeli-American? Somebody who is, as I probably don't need to explain, himself Jewish, and specifically an expert in Holocaust and genocide studies. How is that anything other than blurring the line between Jewish people and the conduct of Israel? Do these people realise, those pushing this whole narrative, do they realise how dangerous and irresponsible this is? The Israeli state is committing a whole series of terrible crimes and atrocities, and we have media organisations here in Britain breaking down the line that exists between the Israeli state and Jewish people. In hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And there's a broader point here as well. Anti-Semitism is real. It is a grave, grave evil. It must be taken seriously. It's embedded in 2,000 years of European culture. Centuries of atrocities committed against Jews, pogroms, expulsions, mass slaughters, culminating within living memory with the Holocaust in which two-thirds of European Jews were exterminated by the Nazis in a very short space of time. In the here and now, real anti-Semitism is on the rise. It needs to be fought. 
And while the vast majority of those speaking out against the horror inflicted against the people of Palestine are doing so from a sense of humanity, there are, of course, inevitably those anti-Semitic opportunists who will try to latch on to a movement against this historic crime, not because they're driven by a desire to stand by the Palestinian people, which is what drives most, the vast majority, but because of their hatred of Jews. Those people must be fought. So how irresponsible is it for defenders of Israeli crimes to keep trying to link anyone who opposes the oppression of the Palestinians, and specifically the current slaughter, to anti-Semitism? To redefine anti-Semitism so it doesn't mean hatred of Jews, prejudice against Jewish people, but rather opponents of Israeli war crimes. To destroy people's faith in the term anti-Semitism, destroying a crucial consensus which must exist throughout society about what it actually is. Now, we've had repeated examples of Jewish people who oppose Israel's oppression of the Palestinians and its current onslaught against Gaza themselves denounced for anti-Semitism. Take David Penzlar, a Jewish Harvard history professor who's written huge amounts of scholarly work on Zionism, but he committed the cardinal sin of signing a letter before which I should note the October 7th attacks, calling for Israel to make meaningful moves towards democracy by bringing an end to the occupation of Palestinian land. This eminent Jewish scholar was then accused of anti-Semitism. In the US, the Anti-Defamation League has classified dozens of protests led by Jewish activists, such as If Not Now, as anti-Israel, adding them to a database which documents the rise of anti-Semitism in the United States, with a clear blurring by the head of the ADL of, again, anti-Semitism and criticism of Israel. Its CEO in 2022 placed opposition to Israel on a par with white supremacy as a source of anti-Semitism, declaring that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. That caused, it should be said, a ruckus within the ADL itself. Now, here's the problem. The ADL say anti-Semitic incidents in the US have risen by 388% since 7th of October, a deeply concerning statistic. The problem is the definition of anti-Semitism used by ADL leads those figures to be open to question. Now, I would say there clearly has been a rise, obvious rise in anti-Semitism. You always get racists opportunistically exploiting moments such as this. So, so that's why we need to protect the integrity of the statistics so we know what the problem actually is. We've also had repeated claims of university campuses in the US being hotbeds of anti-Semitism when it's clearly about conflating students who speak out against crimes committed by the Israeli state. They're conflated with those who are actually people who hate Jewish people. Now, as the crimes committed against the Palestinian people in Gaza and the West Bank has mounted, and those who defend the horrors know they're losing the argument, and frankly, the scale of the crimes makes them increasingly look like a bunch of deranged psychopaths, they've doubled down on the strategy. That's being used to silence and intimidate people. And there are clearly people not speaking out because they think they'll be accused of anti-Semitism, and that will have reputational consequences, that their careers will suffer. And on the other hand, it will stop people believing that anti-Semitism is real. Well, it is real. It's not just real, it's a huge danger that must be fought. So on both counts, these terrible smears, these also awful false claims must be fought. They are dangerous. And that's why we will see, my, th my fear, is that this whole strategy, you'll see an escalation of this, particularly as public opposition mounts, given the scale of the crimes. But that's why those with public platforms in particular, they have to have a bit of courage. They know they're not anti-Semites. 
They know they're driven by a sense of humanity, objecting to watching schools of kids for a start, thousands of kids being slaughtered. They just want that to end. Not because they hate anyone. It, it, it wouldn't matter if the West was backing a state which was Christian or Muslim or Jewish. They object to the horrors being unleashed against the Palestinians with the support of the West. It's not anti-Semitism, and we must defend, clearly, not just those people, but defend the meaning of what anti-Semitism actually is, because it's so dangerous not to. Please like and subscribe. Do keep the show on the road on patreon.com forward slash 84 and share the video. Listen to the podcast, I'll speak to you soon.